You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them Kim Trails in the sky. Welcome, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I am your host, Trey Holiday, And, of course, we want to welcome you guys to a great Thursday show. We got a jam-packed show today, and so we're going to really get right into it. But first off, I got to make sure that you guys know about a couple of things. We want to make sure that you guys also know right now is a great time for you to tag and share the stream. Go ahead and tag and share the stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. Also, I want to remind you all, that uh, you can also listen to The Day with Trey anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast, Google, Spotify, iTunes, uh, all of the platforms. I think there's over 200 of them. So go ahead and uh, look for Converge Media Network and you guys will be able to find The Day with Trey there. Um, we have been telling you guys about this, but the event is coming up tonight. Omari sent us a little message to make sure y'all know all about Elevate. Good morning, Trey, and everybody out there watching the day with Trey. You know, yesterday, JC and Basil were at the Moore Theater. They were doing interviews with some of the young people participating in tonight's Elevate program at the Moore. They talked to young people, they talked to the mentees, they talked to program directors. First time JC and Basil worked together, man, don't they look good together? Elevate tonight at the Moore Theater. Tickets still available. Go to STG Presents. There it is right there. Make sure you guys go cop your tickets for tonight at the Moore Theater. Uh, great effort right there. And thank you so much, O, for sending us a message. We missed hearing your voice. So that was amazing. Of course, it is Thursday, which means we got some shows. We want to give you guys some previews, too. That means I get to check in with my girl, Julia Jesse for from Clapback Culture, our Clapback Queen. What's up, Jules? Hey, boo. What's going on, beautiful? Hey, how are you, love? Good girl. Just enjoying my, uh, my Friday. <laughs> oh, look at you. Look at you. Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll be here tomorrow. So I don't get to say too much of that, but of course you guys have some amazing topics you're going to be diving into. And I already know there's a lot of stuff hitting the airwaves. Tell us all about what folks can expect tonight on Clapback Culture. Girl, we have a fully loaded show tonight, you guys. And it's going to be a little bit different because I am going to sit down with my girl, Basic Gordon, to chop it up on some very controversial issues. One being which um, Seattle Pacific University students, they handed their president of the school pride flags in lieu of a handshake at their graduation ceremony. This was basically a response um, in, well, a demonstration in response to a policy that SPU is gonna uphold to prevent LGBTQ plus staff members on their school, at their school. Um, well, what we do know is that this is a faith-based private school and they're standing by their decision. In fact, um, Trey, there have been two board members that actually stepped down in May um, because of this policy. SPU standing by their decision. They're saying that while employees are asked to refrain from same-sex sexual activity, the school said it's committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and all of those good political things you say. But I don't know, Trey. I mean, they are a religious-affiliated organization with the Free Methodist Church, and they 
openly say that they reserve the right to prefer employees or prospective employees on the basis of religion and all the religious beliefs. So this was one heck of a demonstration. And the students said that just because we're graduating, we want to make sure that you still know where we stand. Yeah, this is something that, you know, th this is those uh, actions I really appreciate when students understand that their voice is very powerful. And again, of course, if they're going to stand by it, it's fine. But I think that there's something to be said if they start to really see a decline in enrollment. So we'll see how this uh, plays out, because I think also, too, you know, students are saying, look, I don't want to be associated with those kinds of ideals. Right. And so. We'll see uh, over time if they really change up their tone when they maybe experience that decline. What else do you guys have going on on Clapback tonight, Jules? Child, listen, I could not wait to bring this to your table today, Trey Holiday. So there's this girl that went viral on TikTok and she's going viral for all the funniest reasons. OK, she did a three minute um, basically spill of the mouth venting about how she will probably be single forever because she don't want to cook. She don't want to clean. She don't want to do no laundry. She doesn't want to be a man's secretary. Basically, she's talking about um, a, a traditional heterosexual relationship between a man and a woman and those traditional gender roles. And she's saying she is not subscribing to it. And until then, she has not been able to find a fully functioning adult male that would be able to interact and have a really great relationship with her where she doesn't have to pick up all the slack. So I'm definitely going to dive deep with Besa on this. I haven't been in the dating scene for a while now, but I want to know, is like, is this what is given out here in these streets that a man just thinks you're going to be his secretary and cook clean and do his laundry? Because Rodney's not making me do any of that in this house. So I don't know if we're just not subscribing to the traditional gender roles or if this girl stands true and that this is what's going out in the scene. Uh, this is hilarious, Jules. I mean, honestly, there are so many different ways that people uh, deal with their relationships. And I think it's a personal choice, right? We talk about this all the time that there is no specific way of doing things. Look, if you have a great partner, that partner understands that sometimes it's going to be you taking out the trash as a woman. Sometimes it's going to be them doing the laundry or washing the dishes. At the end of the day, it's a partnership. And I think it's so interesting. I can't wait to hear how you and Besa break that down. Uh, give us one more topic before we got to let you go. Got a packed show today, but I, I know you got other things going on tonight. We do, but I'll give you one more hot topic. So there was an interview that uh, was produced on Vlad TV where Vlad, the interviewer, was talking to the comedian D-Ray. Well, in the conversation, they started having a conversation about Harvey Weinstein and the allegations around Terry Crews and just how Hollywood has all of these sexual assault allegations and things like that. Well, during that conversation, D-Ray, the comedian, talks about his first sexual encounter and how he lost his virginity to two 30-year-old females and also basically says that they are connected or were friends with his mother. Long story short, he talks about this assault happening when he was 11, going on 12 years old. It's a graphic description. And I think what makes this crazier, the craziest thing about the video to me is that someone in the background is laughing and then D-Ray kind of laughs about it too. They laugh it off. They laugh it off. But Trey, what are we making light of? Because clearly 
this is rape as a child. So it's amazing making the suggestion that somehow boys can't be hurt or molested at this young age. It just makes me think about R. Kelly and the sexual assault allegations and really his sexual trauma that he experienced with the family member when he was, you know, a child. Um, you know, even Chris Brown back in the day talked about he lost his virginity at eight years old to an older woman. And these things are kind of being swept in the rug. And so on tonight's show, I want us to have a real serious conversation about um, this kind of rape culture, about the about this making light of men not being able to be sexually assaulted and have some conversation about that, because there's also some news, you guys, about DJ Academics talking about having sex with underage girls. So it's all over the news right now. We're going to dive deep and talk about it. Make sure you tune in to Clapback Culture tonight at 7 p.m. Ooh, Jules, y'all are digging deep. I mean, look, I'm definitely going to be tuning in and I probably will end up calling you because I got my own ideas. There's so much there, Jules. As always, you guys are going to be killing it. Of course, tonight, 7 p.m. on Converge Media. Thank you, Jules. Clap back, Queen, for joining us today on The Day with Trey. Always great to be in your presence, boo. Always good to be here, babe. Love you. Love you. Oh my goodness. Y'all better tune in tonight. Clearly her and base are going to be diving in. And I, and I got to say that this is something that I appreciate about all the shows we have here because we all have these different topics that we are touching in on. Whoa, y'all. So make sure y'all tune in tonight. Um, right now, I actually get the pleasure of talking to Jasmine Scott. She's going to be telling us about all the things that Langston has going on for Juneteenth. What's up, Jasmine? Hey, Trey. <laughs> I'm back again. Yes. Well, thank you so much. It's your first time in the Black Media Matter studios, and we're so glad to have you. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here in this new space. It's beautiful. Congratulations you. to you guys, and congratulations just for the Emmy and just everything that you guys are doing and your new show. I'm so proud of you. I'm just been proud and... I just love it. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. You know, that means the world coming from you because you really understand, <laughs> you know, good quality because you produce good quality. Well, and you know, our talks, girl. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, tell us a bit about what's going on. You guys are a partner now with the peer. Tell us a bit about what's going on with Langston and Juneteenth. Yeah. So on Saturday, we're actually doing a, a Juneteenth event with Friends of the Waterfront of Seattle. They've been a great partner to Langston um, to do host events down at Pier 6. 62. So we're doing an event on Saturday. Before I get into that, well, there's also, I know there's Elevate tonight, mm -hmm. but there's also Black Arts Legacies, the celebration of that that launched on the 1st. That's happening tonight at 6.30 at Langston as well. So um, I'm sure it's going to be pretty full. They did RSVPs. And so I'm going to say drop by, see if you can get in because um, it's going to be a great celebration uh, with food and drinks and artists celebrating Black artists in this city and in our community. So if you can make it down to that, please come to that. That's kind of kicking off our um, small series of Juneteenth events uh, in collaboration with a lot of community members at Langston. Um, so then on Friday is our We Out Here at the Pier event. Um, every year uh, we do a kind of mini festival called We Out Here. And um, We Out Here was created by a good friend of probably many of ours, uh, Michael B. Main. He's the visionary 
story behind that program. And we've been doing that for the past four years. Now, this is the fourth year doing We Out Here. And, uh, you know, it's a festival where we're really just highlighting black brilliance, black excellence, black people in Seattle doing all of the things. And so that's why it's called We Out Here. And because Michael couldn't be here today, I really just wanted to make sure his voice was included in this conversation because I don't think a lot of people really know why, you know, what We Out Here is or why he really had a vision to um, create this program. And so I'm just going to read what he said really quick um, that We Out Here grew organically out of an appreciation for and participation in Black communities and with real partnership with me and Tim Lennon at Langston. Uh, he moved to Seattle in November of 2012, expecting to find a very diverse and integrated community. And what he found uh, in his experience was a Seattle that was far more segregated than he expected. It took him years to find the kinds of service, services and resources that he took for granted back in Dallas, where he came from, um, and where he could find a quality barber shop pretty much anywhere he turned. And so as he got more involved with volunteering and joining boards and attending more arts programs in Seattle, he often heard things like, we wanted to hire a Black person, but we couldn't find any. Or I just moved here from Atlanta and there are no Black people here. Or where are all the Black people? And where are all the Black things? And it took him a while, but he uh, gradually met Black folks who introduced him to other Black folks. And he learned about the Seattle People of Color Salon, Spox. He learned about the Northwest African American Museum. He learned about the Central District Forum for Arts and Ideas, Onyx Fine, Art, Fine Arts Gallery, um, people from affinity groups at Microsoft, Amazon and Boeing, Urban League, uh, so many organizations and individuals who were among and support black communities. And so a few years later, when he heard people say that there are no black people in Seattle, he would respond with, no, we out here. <laughs> we are out here. And by saying black folks aren't here, not only are you wrong, but you're also erasing my existence. Black people are, have been and will continue to be here. So he started a portrait project of creating images with black people who he finds inspiring. And when he presented it and when he was presented with an opportunity to exhibit those photographs at Langston, we instead began the conversation on how we could bring people together to share time and space around the series and offer yet one more way for folks to learn about what we're up to, share resources and celebrate each other. Thus, We Out Here was born. And from that, uh, it continues to evolve as we evolve. Ooh, we so, Michael B. Main. Yes, right? yes, yes. You know what? I love this because oftentimes people will just stay right there at the beginning. And the fact that he dug deep and dug deep is very different for those of us who are from here because we actually have these years of building relationships and connections. We have Black-led institutions that we've been, you know, accustomed to through our childhood. And so I really appreciate him doing that research, doing the work to dive in because a lot of this is just uncovering it because he's right. We out here. I love this. Right. So so that's going to be happening on Saturday. So yes, on Saturday, we're going to be at the pier, Pier 62 from 2 to 6 p.m. We're going to have entertainment. We're going to have a few vendors. And what we're doing with vendors this year is really spotlighting and highlighting Black businesses and people who provide services nice. to the community. And so it's a small 
small vending opportunity. It's not because I know that there's going to be plenty of vendors throughout the week <laughs> and the weekend all over the city in the greater King County area. Um, so we're not doing that necessarily. We really want to uh, give people access to resources that they can take with them that will last a little bit longer. So we're going to be highlighting um, a few black businesses. Um, Jess Moni has curated our entertainment for the afternoon. Nice. So we'll have her. We'll have Tequeets, who you guys know very well. She's going to be doing some dance and some instruction, some interactive activity with the, with the crowd on Saturday. Uh, we have Larry Mizell Jr., of course. We have um, Stas the Boss. We have the Mahogany Project. And so it's going to be an afternoon packed with entertainment. Um, if folks are interested in getting a vaccine or a booster, there will be that resource there as well. Um, and it's just going to be good vibes, you know, good vibes just to celebrate our existence as Black people in this city. We want to be able to come together in spaces, you know, all across this city. And so that's a part of this collaboration with Friends of the Waterfront is to be able to take some of our programming outside of our outside of Langston and take our, you know, the things that we do, our activities everywhere in this city to really just let everybody know what we out here. <laughs> I love this entire concept. I think, you know, for those of us who are in, involved in community as, as much as you and I are, I think it's our living mantra because we be out here, we be out here <laughs> and I be seeing you everywhere and you be seeing me. We be like, right. yes. yes. So you know what? I, I do want to say before I let you go, because I know this is going to be a longer show today, but I really appreciate something you were just sharing too. We understand this is the first year year for the federally recognized holiday of Juneteenth. And it's brought on a lot of different things. We have seen this stuff going off on Black Twitter and everything about, you know, ice cream and watermelon salads and all these things. But here we actually have a long legacy because D. Charlene brought us Juneteenth and there has been, you know, constant celebrations before it was recognized. This year in particular, there's an explosion of different events. But I appreciate what you said in terms of having a little something different, right? Not that we're, we're replicating the exact same thing in a bunch of different spaces, but just what you said there. You guys are focusing on service businesses, right, for your event on Saturday. And I just think it's important to uplift that because uh, we don't want to think we never say we can't say black communities a monolith so it's great to have these different opportunities for folks and I just really appreciated you saying that yeah yeah I just want to you know I've heard a lot in there and people's opinions are justified. I've heard a lot of different opinions about, you know, there being so many different things going on during Juneteenth and why can't we get it together and that kind of thing. And I think if we really just focus on supporting one another, I think having options is important for our community because we're not one thing and we're not all interested in the same things. And so being able to celebrate on a larger scale and I like to be able to go from one thing to the next to the next and check out a little bit of everything or as much as I can. And so I appreciate that black led organizations and black individuals that want to celebrate this holiday are putting on these events in the community so that we have an array, a, a diversity of options, you know. And so I want that co to continue. Now, we don't want our our, our celebrations and our legacies to be uh, co-opted by other people. Now, we don't want that. And I'm not advocating for that 
at all. But I do appreciate that there's options and that we can have something that's ours and we can celebrate it, you know, throughout our communities. And so I just encourage people to support all of the programs that are happening throughout this week, throughout this weekend, because there's so much going on. We are out here and we are everywhere and we should just be able to commune with one another and have a good time and celebrate our freedom. There it is. Our, our, our freedom. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you there. And I think, um, as we think about how we collaborate more in future years of Juneteenth, it's really about that. It's okay. Okay. This thing is over here. All right. This different thing is over here. Okay. This different thing is over there, but that it's all really black led and black centered. And I agree with you. I think what, uh, there's a mixed message this year because we do see, uh, uh, non-black folks that are like, well, Hey, let's, figure out how we're going to do something for Juneteenth and really we want them to really understand that they can back off of this one right that they can actually just say you know what there's some amazing things happening in the community how do we support those yeah. existing things so and thank put you so your much money in the pocket there it is people. there if it is you want to support them pay black people and yeah. support our businesses and one last thing I want to say is that black folks if you don't want to do anything else then take a rest yeah because this is now a federal holiday and that I have a little rub against that because now it's like a holiday that everybody Everybody gets to take the day off. We've always worked on Juneteenth That's right. because we've always celebrated <laughs> Juneteenth. So if you want to take a break, take a break because yeah. we deserve that too. Yeah. So I'll say that in closing. There it is. <laughs> Jasmine, as always, such a pleasure to have you with me. I, I've been able to interview you several times and I just appreciate you coming down here to the Black Media Matter Studios so happy and to, to my here. show, The Day with Trey. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love you, sis. I love you. <laughs> All right, you guys, stay tuned because we're going to let the love continue after this break. I get to bring in Curtis Calhoun. He's going to be telling us about what being a real lifer is all about with his culture and consulting. Stay tuned. After this short break, you're watching The Day with Trey. Everyone's invited to the prom. From the creators of the Book of Mormon, Elf and the Drowsy Chaperone, The Prom is a musical comedy about big Broadway stars on a mission to change the world and the love they discover that unites them all. The Prom makes you believe in musical comedy again. So full of happiness that you think your heart is about to burst. Everyone deserves a chance to celebrate. On sale now. Tickets at fifthavenue.org. Welcome back, everybody, to the day with Trey. Lots of love in the building. Of course, I told you we're going to continue this because many of you know C Curtis Calcoon out here in the community. He is going to be bringing us some tips and tricks about his coaching and consulting business. Welcome, Curtis. What's up, brother? Peace. How you doing, Trey? I am well. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. I want to say congratulations on this amazing studio. I remember you back in the uh, back room at Black Dot. Yeah. And then thank you. Uh, congratulations also on the Emmy. Yay. Thank <laughs> yeah. you so much. Mm -hmm. You know what? This is a long time coming because y'all don't even know. I've been telling <laughs> Curtis, I'm like, one of these days, one of these days. And so I really appreciate it because you have now said you will do spots with me twice a month. We're going to make mm -hmm. sure that we have these Thursdays where we dive into some of these tips. Tell folks about you as a coach and consultant when it comes to life coaching. Okay. First, I would like to say happy birthday to my wife, Hasna. Oh, it's her birthday today. What? Oh, my goodness. No, you got to give me the camera, too. Happy birthday, Hasna. We yeah. love you. Amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But the coaching and consulting piece came about uh, uh, from two things. Right. First, 
as a young child, I always had an affinity for people, making people feel good, be happy and, and taking care of people. I remember being in second grade. Uh, my grandmother came to the parent teacher conference and my teacher said, well, he's always, you know, cheering people up and always trying to make people feel better. So maybe that stuck in my mind and I just kind of gravitated towards that. But also the second thing is when I was 17 months old, my 19 year old mother was brutally murdered in front of me. All right. And from that, it caused me to develop a host of insecurity, self-doubt, you know, negative, low self-image, you know, and at some point, even in my adult life, I hated who I was and, and you know, what I was doing. So I had to go on a journey of my own, a self-discovery and, and a way to become self-aware about the things that I needed to change and find out ways to change those. So along the way, I picked up things and I felt like these things would be beneficial for everybody to know. So let me use these things now or use my life and let this be my purpose to share the things that I've learned to help transform my life, to help transform the lives of others. Well, you know, I, I got to tell you, like, I had no idea about your past like that. But the fact yeah. that you are able to do something mm -hmm. that infuses that lived experience in such a positive spin. You know, I get to uh, really experience you out here in community as so many have said, man, that brother is dependable. Man, that brother is, uh, you know, you are the same every day. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm always yeah. teasing, you know, Curtis, because we be at <laughs> events. And I said, I told Curtis, one time, I never see you eat. Man. He's like, oh, you know, no, you know, I got my snacks in the back, you know, but but. People yeah. really have experienced you being your genuine self out here. And I'm sure that your clients experience that. So so now you've infused some of your lived experience. Tell us about some of the ways that your clients get to experience you as a life coach. Well, one of the things that we talked about when I, we talked about what we would discuss, right, yeah. is Real Lifer. Real Lifer is a program that I came up with probably about November of 2017, to be specific. Mm -hmm. I remember one night waking up about three, four o'clock in the morning and things just started coming to me. I'm like, well, wow. Because for me, I'm always trying to simplify things and create a process, you know? So I'm like, well, what's the minimum thing that I can do to make my life the best? So I came up with this list of about six or seven things before I went back to sleep. I woke up the next morning and then I kind of, you know, built out the rest till it got to 12 because I wanted to get it to kind of like a, a round number. And that's what the real lifer principles are, the 12 principles of real lifer. And the first one is uh, always give 110%, right? And for each of the, the 12, there's three bullets kind of helping you to identify what you can do to be able to implement this into your life to be able to get the result. So uh, with that, like I said, the first one uh, is 110% is be consistent in everything you do, right? Uh, uh, prioritize what is important. And then also always do as much as you can to ensure your success. So it's kind of being accountable, responsible and dependable for your own success and not dependent on other people. And that's kind of the first principle uh, of real life. And we'll kind of go through them as the weeks go on. Uh, yeah. But yeah. This, you know, I need some of this coaching in my life because, you know, for me, I think one of the hardest things is identifying what is the priority. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I, I've developed some level of that over the years, yeah. which is, OK, what is the most important thing that needs to get done right now in terms of goal? Like, oh, I got to produce this article by this time. Yeah. So then the article gets done first. OK, mm -hmm. I got to do a speaking engagement this day. Mm -hmm. So because that's after this, so I prioritize prioritize it in chronological order. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that that's the only way that my mind can can make things 
you know, happen because there's certain priorities. Okay, I need to deliver this thing by this time, this day. So for me, I'm very calendar focused, uh, mm-hmm. Curtis. Mm-hmm. And I find that that's where, you know, I derived a lot of my organization from. Yeah. Do you see that that that's a way to do that? Or am I off a little bit? No, it's absolutely a way to do it. One of the, uh, another aspect of our coaching is we do an assessment called the W2J assessment, which is welcome to the jungle. Uh, it's really a disc assessment that we laid this welcome to the jungle model over the top. And the disc assessment is just, there's four distinct behavior types, decisive, interactive, stable, and cautious. Mm-hmm. So for the, the uh, decisive, we label that a lion for the interactive. We label that a flamingo for the, uh, what is it? S stable. We label that a chameleon and for cautious, we label that a turtle. So every one of us, have all of those animals in us, but there's some dominant animals that kind of rise to the top. So for me, I'm high turtle, you know, so that means I'm organized, analytical, always thinking, critical thinker, things like that. So based on what you say, how you determine what's a priority for you is based on that personality type. So it may not look the same for me, right? Or it may not look the same for somebody else, but that doesn't mean you're wrong or what you're doing isn't what's best for you. And that's the thing we always have to do is not try to fit people in these cookie cutters where the coaching would make everybody the same. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a real personal approach to what you do in your work as a coach. This is really interesting. And and again, I'm excited that we're going to be able to dive into all of these 12 points of the real life or program that you develop, because honestly, I think so much of us can learn more about ourselves. And, you know, this is something that, and maybe you experienced this, Curtis, you know, people are like, oh, I got my life together. I don't need that, you know? And then they start working with you and they're like, man, hold on. <laughs> you know, the, the veil has been lifted. Tell us about some of those experiences that maybe you've had, because, you know, particularly in black community, we may think we got it all together and really we need that help. Yeah. Here's the thing with me. If you want to work with me, right? I just, it's not like we just, anybody says, yeah, I want to work with you. And I say, yeah, there's a process. We have a discovery session first. And in that session, we have to identify that you are committed to being your best self mm-hmm. at all times, because that's the thing that will get you through. Cause it's going to be challenging. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be things that I tell you that you should do or need to do that you may not want to do, mm-hmm. but it's the commitment to being your best self that, Hey, this is what I need to do. So I'm going to do it because I know it's going to help me to be the person I want to be or produce the uh, result in my life that I want to produce. Right. So that's the most important thing. I think the biggest thing that people discover once they start coaching, this is not easy. They think coaching is like a magic pill. I'm going to give you a formula. You go, you know, and now I got this wonderful life. No, it's work and it's constant work. Like I said, real life was something that I came up with in 2017. That was five years ago. And it's something that I've constantly developed. It's funny now because you saw me over there reading my notes before the show. It's not something I consciously think about anymore. So I couldn't even right now, if you asked me to list all 12, I couldn't because they're ingrained inside of me. It's something that I am now. It's not something that I have to read or look at to get it. So um, that's the biggest challenge is, is the work that it takes to be your best self. There's no time off 24, seven, 365. And, and you have to be committed to that work. Nobody can do it for you. It's kind of like what we just talked about. You have to ensure your success. Yeah. It's not the coach or anybody else. You have to take ownership and onus over that. It's so true. You know, I think we when we think about like organization of our lives and like thought processes, we talk a lot about, you know, black community members. They deal with a bunch of different things at one time. And how do you really assess how you're taking care of yourself through all of those things? But I also imagine that much of what you do, you know, any client is going to have to also trust you through the process. So there's got to be some way that you're building trust with folks, because, again, 
if if I don't trust you and you yeah. telling me to do something I don't want to do, I ain't gonna do it, right? Yeah. So yeah. so how do you uh, establish some of those layers of trust? Obviously, you were talking about this mm-hmm. first session, which I think is so key to establishing if you can even work with someone. Yeah. But uh, along the way, there's also this real genuine relationship and trust that I'm sure is being built. Like with anything, right? In that discovery session, we want to see if we like each other. Yeah. If if I don't like you, it's going to be hard to work with you, and at some point, it'll become a challenge for me as your coach, mm-hmm. even if you know. The, the, the feeling is opposite from the other side. So we have to establish, you know, just like with anything like with, with a sale, right? They talk about, do I like you? Do I trust you? And do I believe in the product or, or service? Same thing is, do you like me? Do you trust me? Can you believe that I can help you get the result that you want? And we do that. Like I said, my unique value proposition is you're, you're not like a client or I'm not like a coach. We're friends yeah. and you become part of the family, the Curtis Calhoun coaching and consulting family. So now it's like you get everything of me, all of me. Mm-hmm. You don't just get coaching or, or the real life or this program, that program. You get all of me. So it's not just during the sessions, but you have access to me outside of the sessions. You have text. You can text me. You can call me and say, hey, I just need to talk. Something came up. And, you know, it ain't like we have Well, schedule a session two mm-hmm. weeks from now. And we'll get through that. No, real life happens in real time. So you have to be there to be able to support that person through it and then be able to help them uncover the insights because everything I see people as whole. So everything is already inside the person, right? It's just helping them to pull it out or see it themselves, kind of uncovering the clouds so they can see what was already there. Oh my God. Already point one, super in-depth, man. Okay, Curtis, I got to give you this opportunity. You can look right there in the camera, make sure folks know how to tap in with you and your coaching and consulting business. Okay. You can tap in on IG at Curtis Cal or Curtis R. Calhoun or Curtis Calhoun LLC, uh, Curtis R. Calhoun on LinkedIn. And then I think Twitter, same thing, Curtis R. Calhoun and then Curtis R. Or Curtis Calhoun LLC. Well, thank you so much for being here and for, you know, sharing these amazing 12 points with our audience. Absolutely. I can't wait for you to come back in two, in a, <laughs> in a week. Pleasure. So we got, we got every two weeks, y'all, he's going to be in the building. Thank you so much again. This is amazing. And I already can tell that I'm going to be having some amazing takeaways <laughs> from our sessions yeah, here. Good, thank good. you so much. And, and I mean it when I say one of the most genuine people in the uh, world. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you. It took a long way to get here, but, you know, I still got a little ways to go. But uh, I'm happy where I'm at in the journey and want to continue on. But thank you and O for being able to create this platform for us to be able to come share and be able to benefit our community and add to the quality of life of our people. That's right. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I told y'all. Great, great show. Of course, after this short break, I'm going to wrap it up and make sure y'all get a little bit of a dose about what we got going on tomorrow. Stay tuned after this short break, y'all. You're watching The David Trey. Hello, my name is Ramon Brian Braxton, and I am the artistic director and conductor for the historic Juneteenth musical that will be presented at the McCaw Music Hall on Sunday, June 19th at 6 p.m. The musical is entitled Songs of Black Folk, Music of Resistance and Hope. This concert will feature the rich musical traditions that have been birthed from the African-American experience, including spirituals, jazz, gospel, R&B, hip-hop, and spoken word. An orchestra plus rhythm section will accompany internationally renowned soloists Bridget Brazil, Solomon Howard, and James Conner, along with local artists Felicia Curry and Robin Henderson. Our special guest artist will be Mr. Darren Atwater, a critically acclaimed composer and founder of Baltimore Soulful Symphony. Additionally, a choral group of local singers will present diverse arrangements of iconic African-American music. You can reserve your free tickets for this phenomenal event on Ticket Leap, searching One Seattle Juneteenth or on the McCall Hall website. 
Please join One Seattle in partnership with the New Beginnings Christian Fellowship of Kent, the Church Council of Greater Seattle, and a long list of community sponsors as we celebrate freedom with music that speaks and heals every soul. COVID protocols will be in place and masks are required. All right, welcome back everybody to The Day with Trey. What an amazing episode. Of course, I got to give all the love to our guest today, uh, Julia Jesse from Clapback Culture, our Clapback Queen right here on Converge Media. Of course, her and Besa tonight at 7 p.m. I think we have an overlay here. They're going to be uh, diving into the topics that you heard right there. There it is. Jules is lighting it up, uh, looking amazing. And of course, uh, after that, you guys are going to be able to see the Factors TV. They're going to be coming up tonight at 9 <laughs> We was like, no, it's not eight. It's not. They're going to be there. The twins. Shout out to my brothers. And, you know, I've got to give love to not just Jules, but Jasmine that was here representing Langston. Curtis, who was here representing Real Lifer and the 12 point system that he has in his coaching and consulting business. What phenomenal two people that I love so much that are out here in community doing amazing things. And you guys know that's what it's all about here. Thank you for rocking with us on this longer episode. Of course, tomorrow I'm going to be talking to Antonisha Jackson. We're going to be talking about another Juneteenth happening with because there is a march, a whole march for reparations that's going to be going on on Sunday. And there's going to be a panel on Saturday and then a whole festival in Jimi Hendrix Park on Sunday. Amazing, amazing event. Of course, this year, lots of events happening. And as Jasmine said, you know, let's tap into them. Let's figure out what's going on. Let's find ways to support each other. That's really what it's all about for me. It's all about the love. And I just thank you guys for loving on me the way you have. Of course, I want you to be a part of these amazing solutions and be inspired by these guests. They are doing great things in community. And I think we can all benefit from them. And as much as I'm out here in community, I'm totally inspired by everyone who comes on. So of course, I want you guys to feel that inspiration to see yourself as a part of the solution. We'll all be better for it. Until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Peace, Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.